There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone. This episode is sponsored by Spoken. And Spoken is a new English teaching startup company run by a group of English teachers who have worked out a way of delivering English courses directly into your pocket through your smartphone. With Spoken, you can get business English lessons through WhatsApp or WeChat. Yes, Spoken is now available on WeChat. Uh, What happens is an English teacher from Spoken will send you tasks in the form of texts and videos, and you respond with your keyboard or the microphone on your phone, and then the teacher sends you feedback and other tasks which are adapted to your needs. Each lesson is short, and you can respond whenever you want. So, for example, you can do uh, some tasks now on the bus and then wait a little bit. When you've got some more time, you go back and do some more. So, you know, you, you can do it whenever you want at your own speed. And it can really help you improve your practical English for your professional life in a really cool and convenient way. And the guys at Spoken are offering you two free lessons and then 20% off all of their courses, okay? Two free lessons and 20% off everything, just because you listen to this podcast. To find out more and to get that discount, go to getspoken.com LEP or click a Spoken logo on my website. All right, then, uh, that's the promo for this one. Now let's start the episode properly, and here we are. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of this podcast. How are you? Are you all right? Yep, good. Good, 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 good. Just have to check that in advance. Obviously, uh, every single interaction has to begin with the, how are you? I'm fine. And then we can get down to business. So good, that's that done. Glad you're fine. Let's carry on. So um, the other day, right, I was on Facebook and I came across this article. Someone shared this article and it was called 21 Really Strange TripAdvisor Reviews. And it was a collection of funny and strange reviews of restaurants and hotels on TripAdvisor. Um, I don't know if you're aware of TripAdvisor. I think it's in most countries But basically, TripAdvisor is a website where customers can leave reviews and ratings for restaurants and hotels. So, for example, you you know, if you you want to go to a nice restaurant in a new town, you might check TripAdvisor and you'll find sort of listings and ratings and customers have posted photographs and left comments and reviews. Okay, so that's TripAdvisor. So this article, which I saw, was 21 really strange TripAdvisor reviews. And I thought, this looks like it could be interesting. Uh, Because I've read a few reviews on TripAdvisor before. Some of them are uh, are useful and interesting. Others are just uh, really strange. And it makes you wonder what actually happened in that uh, experience. So anyway, I clicked the uh, link and I opened the article. 
and I read a couple of the reviews and I found them funny and bizarre and in some cases quite horrifying as well and generally just amusing. Uh, For example, one of the reviews uh, goes like this. One of the reviews on this page uh, goes like this. The title of the review is simply Horrible Service. That's the title of the review, which is not a good start, um, is it really? Horrible service. I don't know which restaurant or hotel this was, and I don't know um, also in which country it was. It, all I know is that it was horrible service, and then the review. And the review goes like this. It goes, when, uh, we went in and asked for a chicken burger with no mayo. Mayo is mayonnaise, right? We went in and asked for a chicken burger with no mayo, and waited and waited. We then got one but they still put the mayo in the burger and then realised their mistake. So they scraped the mayo off with their hand and served it to us. Just scraped it off with their hand and served it to us. Ugh. That's disgusting, isn't it? He just he just removed the mayonnaise with his hand. Like they, uh, hello, I'd like a chicken burger, please, but with no mayo, thanks. Okay, sir, uh, here's your chicken burger. Oh, s- sorry, I said no mayo. Ah, oh, right. Okay, uh, look, here, just... There you go, he just scraped it off with his hand. There you go, that'll be one ninety nine. Ugh, that's pretty weird, isn't it? Imagine someone doing that, just removing it with their hand and then giving it to you. That's disgusting. So that's just an example of the sort of thing that I saw on this, um, on this uh, page, right? Uh, and there are about 20 other reviews like that on this page that I found. And most of them are much stranger and more horrible than that one. That's probably the the sort of the most mild, that's probably the mildest uh, review in terms of weirdness on this page. Uh, So there are about 20 other reviews. And I thought this could be a fun thing to talk about on the podcast. Restaurant and hotel experiences. Okay, I could talk about restaurant and hotel experiences and then go on to you know, read through some of these reviews and comment on them and stuff like that. Okay, now, I've worked in restaurants and hotels before in in my time. I've had, you know, various kind of dead-end jobs uh, working in kitchens and bars and restaurants and hotels and stuff. Um, So I've had experience of that kind of thing. And so has my friend Amber Minogue, who you know from this podcast. Um, I was I was going to ask Paul. Well, I, in fact, I did ask Paul to join in as well. But of course, he was too busy because he's far too famous and uh, busy doing TV work and things like that. But uh, no, Paul did write to me and say, I'd love to join you, but I can't because I'm filming. So Paul was filming. So it's just Amber and me. And uh, yeah, so Amber has also worked in restaurants and hotels uh, in her time. So I went over to her place to talk about this whole subject and to see what she thought of some of these bizarre TripAdvisor reviews that I'd found. And that's what you're going to hear in this episode. So you will hear uh, lots of conversation about that subject, which will, of course, include uh, vocabulary relating to the hospitality industry, the hospitality trade in our descriptions of um, of working in restaurants and hotels. Uh, you'll hear some bizarre and slightly disgusting anecdotes and various tangents in our conversation as we end up talking about all kinds of other little things as usual. I said that some of the scenarios that are in these reviews are quite disgusting. So just bear that in mind. Some of the stuff is a little bit a bit sort of gross, basically. And you should also know that this episode does contain swearing. There's quite a lot of swearing in this one. 
Um, and that's for various reasons, partly because we kind of imagine the scenarios, imagine the situations that these people were, were in, in these reviews, and kind of act them out. And that does just involve some swearing. Plus, we talk a little bit about um, the, the British TV chef Gordon Ramsay. And Gordon Ramsay is famous for his uh, bad language. He's prob- He's like one of the world leaders in swearing. He's probably the best in Britain. He's one of the best swearers in Britain, I would say. So talking about Gordon Ramsay also involves using some F words and, you know, some swearing and stuff like that. And also, for some reason, Quentin Tarantino, uh, the Quentin Tarantino movie Reservoir Dogs uh, comes into our conversation as well. And that naturally involves lots of swearing as well. So the episode contains swearing. Now, I know that you might not expect a teacher to use swear words. But on this podcast, as you know, if you're a long-term listener, I do try to present you with the kind of normal, informal English that friends use when they're talking to each other in private. Um, And, you know, people do swear when they are together with their friends. And that is the kind of English that I'm choosing to present to you on this podcast. Now, it's usually not appropriate to use swear words in classrooms, at work, with host families, in comments on public social media forums and so on. I feel like I should say that. I know you know that. Most of you are fully aware of that. But I feel like I should say that because sometimes, you know, in my experience, sometimes learners of English aren't completely aware of the rudeness and inappropriacy of swear words in English and generally how swearing fits into the culture of the English language, okay? So there's kind of a time and a place for it. Um, And, you know, when you're with your friends in a very informal situation, the swear words come out, or when you're very angry, you know, in a situation in which you're really angry and um, you need to, you're not thinking straight and just an angry outburst, that might be where swearing happens. Or if you hit your thumb with a hammer then swearing would happen or if you're Quentin Tarantino and you're uh, directing you're writing and directing a movie about um, bank robbers then there's probably going to be swearing involved in that or if you're Gordon Ramsay and you're just going around in your everyday life then swearing might you know occur but in other situations I would just you know say it's best not to do it unless you're completely sure okay I think I've made my point about swearing now Before we get on to the subject of restaurants and hotels, you'll notice that there is a bit of rambling chat about some English phrases that Amber keeps noticing recently. Because um, Amber's been doing some research for her own upcoming podcast project about the history of Paris. This is the Amber podcast that we've all been waiting for expectantly. Uh, Apparently, she's been preparing an episode about a famous murder that happened in uh, Paris's history. And in her research, she came across the word burlap, uh, burlap sack, Um, something about a couple of murderers hiding a body in a burlap sack. Now, do you remember the word burlap? Uh, It came up recently in an episode of this podcast. It was in the recent Victorian detectives episode. Um, There was Mr. Burlap who uh, covered his face with a burlap sack. Now, if you remember, um, that word burlap came up several times in that episode uh, when the kidnapper wore a burlap sack over his head to hide his face. So burlap is a kind of material which is used to make kind of heavy sacks, like the kind of sack or bag that you would use to carry loads of potatoes. Burlap, it's a kind of, uh, you know, a rough brown material. Now, burlap is quite an obscure word. 
and you'll hear us laughing about this because neither Amber nor I were aware of that word until we did the Victorian detective story on the podcast recently. Hessian. Hessian is the word that we knew, a Hessian sack. Um, So we discovered the word burlap quite recently on the podcast. So it's sort of a coincidence that Amber read the word again in a book recently. And that leads us to talk about how it's strange that when you learn a new word, you suddenly start to notice it everywhere. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. You learn a new word that you didn't know existed before and suddenly you notice it all the time and you notice it everywhere. Has that ever happened to you? Um, And uh, that happened to Amber with burlap, uh, but it also happened with a couple of other phrases. Uh, Hobson's choice and gaslighting. Both of them, again, quite obscure phrases. Uh, Hobson's choice basically means take it or leave it. It's a choice of one thing or nothing. So it's basically an illusion of choice. You know, like you can have you can have the chicken sandwich or or nothing. So it's well, it's not really a choice then, is it? No, it's Hobson's choice, isn't it? Um so it's take it or leave it. It's not really a choice because there's no alternative. Um now to be honest, that's not a very common phrase, so I wouldn't worry about it too much. Um the other one was uh uh gaslighting. Um, and uh, gaslighting means to psychologically manipulate someone into doing something by making them doubt their own sanity. So you make someone think they're going insane in order to then take advantage of them. Like, for example, stealing biscuits from your housemate, but by uh, somehow um, convincing him that he's just going mad and that maybe he's been eating the biscuits himself and then forgetting about it, but in the meantime, you're the one who's been stealing the biscuits. Uh, that's gaslighting. Now, we give a couple of examples of this in the conversation. The point is, right, that you'll hear us talk about how Amber recently became aware of these phrases and then started noticing them everywhere. And we have a laugh kind of speculating about how these phrases came into the language in the first place. Um, but then we do start talking specifically about restaurant and hotel experiences after that. Okay, that's enough of an introduction. Let's now get started properly. And by the way, you can see a link to all of the TripAdvisor reviews that we're talking about on the page for this episode. But uh, that's the end of the the introduction. Let's now go to Amber's place and start talking to her. So here we go. Here's the little jingly noise thing right now. Right then, hello Amber. How are you today? I'm good, Luke. Thank you. Yeah, good. Well, what's the situation that we're in? Uh, we're at my flat. You've come over here. I was researching about murder. Yeah, you were for yeah, your podcast. For my podcast. Okay, so there's going to be murder in the podcast, is there? Some, somewhat, some murder. Some murder. Not. Some... Ex- it's not exclusively a murder-based podcast, though, mm, is it? No, no. Although most people, as it's a history podcast, are dead. <laughs> so. <laughs> yes. <laughs> not necessarily murdered, though. Not no, not necessarily murdered. Some died of natural causes. Okay, but it, it's not about though the, the the death though, is it? It's about the the stuff they did during their their lives, including the murders that some some of them committed. Exactly. Okay. 
that's, <laughs> uh, that's not the that's not the iTunes summary of the podcast, no, though, is it? No, it's not just about stuffing people into burlap sacks. Yeah, but the, uh, you you told me before that you were today um, in preparation for your podcast that uh, everyone is expecting with with great um, impatience. Yes, uh, in in preparation for your one of your podcast episodes, you were reading about some kind of famous murder that happened in in Paris. There's a famous murder that happened in Paris. Well, it was really famous because um, of how they found the the people that committed the murder. When when did it happen, by the way? Uh, the end of the 1800s, okay. 18-something or other. Uh-huh. And um, I only read it this morning. I can't remember the day that it happened. <laughs> well, yeah, it's all right. You're, this is this is downtime for you now. You don't, you don't have to get all the dates right. It's fine. Exactly. And um, so they commit the murder and then they... Um, and it was already sort of pretty ex- weird the murder yeah and then they sort of stuff the body into a burlap sack (laughs) yeah and a case and then they dump this and then the body is found and wait so they they these two people killed a person and they put the body in a burlap sack yeah this the burlap sack is the it's i've never talked about burlap sacks as much as i have done in the last few weeks i had never come across the word burlap really you'd never seen the word before podcast no i always thought of like hessian sack yes hessian down with that no burlap burlap sack and burlap is what you read this morning in your book Mm -hmm. it's funny that isn't it when you kind of learn a new word you suddenly start to notice that word everywhere that's so true that's really true because i mean you must have this learning french that suddenly or even just a word in english Mm. that you look up and then suddenly you're like everyone's talking about it the other day i looked up hobson's choice for a a crossword yeah and then i just heard it on the radio like the the next day i was like oh i know what hobson's choice is hobson's choice was a, a a play or a book and it's and it and it's become a phrase that people use right hobson's choice (laughs) (laughs) no i what the hell's Hobson's choice? I, I don't know it was, if it was I a play or a book. It, it might have been a play or a book, but it, is, it just it, it it means you have no choice, right? It's you sort like, of take it or leave it. Like there's no real choice. You can't do this or this. You sort of have that choice or no choice. Find it, Luke. What is it? Yeah, I've I've, che- I've Wikipedia'd <laughs> it. Uh, I'm choosing Wikipedia as my source of information for this one. So Hobson's choice, yes, is a phrase, and it means basically take it or leave it. Mm. Um, that's your choice. You either have that thing or you have nothing. Yeah. Um, and it's a phrase that is said to have originated with a guy called Thomas Hobson, who is a stable owner in Cambridge, who basically offered customers the choice of taking the horse in his stall nearest the door or taking none at all. What I mean... <laughs> How did that become a famous phrase? He must have been a pretty influential stable. That's not very good customer services. We can have that horse or no horse, governor. Is that the first time that choice had been given to someone? 1540 something. That's the first time that choice had been given. Like, well, you can have this or you can have nothing. All right. Oh, my God. What shall we call this? This this new paradigm. They should have really called it mum's choice because I feel I give that to Hugo all the time. Well, you can have this or nothing yeah. because that's dinner. Yeah, it's this or it's straight to bed. Exactly. Yeah. You've got a Hobson's choice here. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't seem to be the most original form of choice that anyway, but okay. Anyway. This guy, uh, Thomas Hobson, is the uh, said to be the originator of this phrase, Hobson's choice. Oh, it's Hobson's choice, isn't it? Um, and uh, it's also a film Several films have been made called Hobson's Choice, yes. uh, a, a, a comedy drama 
for example, Hobson's Choice was a 1931 film uh, where some stuff happened, basically. Um, well, pe- well, people probably didn't have much choice. Or they had one single choice. Just one choice. <laughs> Imagine writing a whole play about that. <laughs> I don't I mean, know. How, how would the play begin? So, play begins, a man is in, in a cake shop and the... You know, and then he wants a cake, and she's like, "Well, you can have that cake." It's like, do, cake. do I have any? Other? Let's do Hobson's choice now. You work in the cake shop, okay? And I'm Hobson. All right then. Okay. Ding ling ling ling. Hello, sir. Hello there. My name's Hobson. Oh, hello, Mister Hobson. Um, and um, what would you like today? I'd like, uh, I'd like a cake if that's possible. This is the cake shop, isn't it? That's right. This is a cake shop. We've got a lot of cakes here. We've got all sorts of cakes. We've got uh, eclairs. We've got. Um, You've got a lot of cakes. Oh, lots of cakes. Fantastic. So it sounds like a, a, I have a huge selection to choose from. Sadly, no. Really. I'm afraid not. But you just said you had a lot of cakes. Yes, but for you, it's apple tart or nothing. Huh? That's it, I'm afraid. How come? Hobson's Choice. <laughs> Damn! I shouldn't have told you my name when I entered the shop. Like, can we do this again? And I leave. Put on a fake moustache. Yeah. Come back in. Ka-ting, ka-ting. Uh, hello. Hello, sir. Um, hello, uh, my name's Hobson. Oh, shit! Oh. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, let me try. I'll, I'll come in again. Okay. Ding ling. Yeah. And then uh, put on a hat and okay. some glasses this yeah. time. Ding ling ling. Hello. Hello. Hello, sir. Can I have a cake, please? She, yes, you can. What cake would you like? Uh, I'd like. Um, what did you say before? What's the other cake? We, we've got lots of cakes. You we've got ap- eclairs. We've got apple tart. I'll we've have got, an apple um, tart, please. Fabulous. Here we go. Apple tart for you. Great. Uh, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, Hobson's choice didn't work. Let's do it one more time, okay? Right. Ding-a-ling-a-ling. Good evening. Uh, good evening. You're still open. Just. We're uh, about to close. I'd like, a, I'd like a cake, please. Is this the cake shop? This is the cake shop. We've got a lot of cakes. Okay, fantastic. Um, I haven't, to be honest, I haven't decided what kind of cake I'd like. Uh, can I have a chocolate cake, please? Chocolate cake? Yes, you can have a chocolate cake. Okay. You're not Hobson, it, are you? Uh, Who? <laughs> <laughs> Who? What? No, just checking. Uh, uh, no, I'm not. I'm 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 Simpson. Um, ah, Simpson. Yes. Well, in that case, you, the choice is unlimited. You can have whichever cake you like. Really? Yes. I can have any cake I want. Yes, any cake you and like. And just out of interest, what if I? What if my name was Hobson? Well, then you only get one choice. Ah. Okay, well, good thing I'm not Hobson then, Just isn't it? Just as well. So, okay, fine. I'll have two chocolate cakes, please, and an eclair and an apple tart. Fabulous. There okay. we go. Can I pay by cheque? Um, yes, you can. Okay. This is France. We accept cheques. Okay, fantastic. Let me just sign this cheque here. There you go. Thank- there you go. Thank you. <gasps> What's this? What? It's- You're not Simpson. You're Hobson. Oh, damn. Give me back those cakes. Damn it. Oh, damn. So what can I have? You can have the apple tart. I've already told you. Can I have the apple tart and chocolate That's it. cake? No, just the apple tart. That's your choice. It's apple tart or nothing. Or nothing. And scene. Hobbs, that, <laughs> so concludes Hobson's choice. <laughs> Do you the, think that was the play? The new Netflix drama, <laughs> Hobson's Choice. <laughs> that's that's the moment that brought that phrase into common usage. Yeah, but then you have it the other way around, like a film then 
gives common usage, like another crossword. I learn a lot. So wait a minute, going back to this thing. So you discovered the phrase Hobson's Choice by doing a crossword. Yes. And you found out, and you're like, Hobson's Choice, And I'd what's never that? heard of it. I had to cheat the word. I was like, I've no idea what this is. So then I looked it up and I was like, oh, Hobson's Choice, probably on Wikipedia. And then the next day I was listening to radio and they were like, well, it's a bit of a Hobson's Choice. And I thought, huh. And you were like, What? <laughs> What? How did I never notice this before? And now it's everywhere. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is one of those things that when you learn a new word, you suddenly see it everywhere. But then it goes, what well, I was saying, it goes the other way around. You have a film that becomes common parlance, like mm-hmm. gaslighting. Do you know this? Ga- I've heard of gaslighting. Yes, I did some research. Gaslighting comes from the, the play. I think it was a play originally, or book, and then a play. And uh, this guy tries to sort of make his wife think she's going mad, but he's playing tricks on her and uh, she works it out by the gaslighting but to gaslight someone is to sort of make them think that they are getting it wrong they're going mad but in fact it's your cunning really Mm. so for example if we worked in a cake shop and you've been eating all the chocolate cakes Mm -hmm. and i'm like where's i'm sure we had a chocolate cake here earlier on and you start gaslighting me Mm. right can we do that so okay tinka dinka ding ding um hello uh what's your name um, um, Penny. Hello, hello, Penny. Uh, just another day at the cake shop. Um, right, so just let's, as usual, just normal routine. Let's just put all the cakes out onto the cake shelves in the right places, make sure they're all, uh, you know, properly arranged and everything. Um, Penny, yes, uh, was, was there a was there a, a selection of chocolate cakes here on the shelf? Um, yesterday, I'm sure that I left them here. Have you seen, do you know any, any idea where they are? No. I don't think you did. You didn't leave any chocolate cakes. Really? No. In fact, I, I think I remember saying, why don't we have any chocolate cakes? Did you? I think so. I don't remember that. Because no. normally I remember everything. Um, yes, but I have noticed recently there's yeah. not been enough chocolate cakes being put out. It's funny because I made an order for a thousand chocolate cakes just uh, on Monday. Did you? I did, and I distinctly remember them being delivered by the uh, the, the man with the with the burlap sack. He had all of the chocolate cakes stuffed inside. Well, his you bur- can't, and that's why I'm going to have to stop you because the man with the burlap sack, he's not been here. He's been on holiday, suspiciously long time, actually. Really? Yes. But I saw him only just the other day. I'm so, I'm certain of it. Did you? Well, yes, I did. Well, that surprises me because, like I said, he's on holiday. Oh my god, I must be losing my mind. Yes, sounds like it. And uh, meanwhile, Penny is. Evil plan. Eating all the cakes. You're looking a bit fat, Penny. No. Are you sure? You you seem to have put on a lot of weight, Penny. Just obviously, I can't tell just by looking at you. But uh, sorry to me, that's terribly rude of me to say that, isn't it? But anyway, I'm just you know looking after your health. And Penny goes, "Well, you you you're insane. You're a sociopath, Mister Hobson, who now works in the cake shop." Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, you can eat different cakes. Right. Anyway, yeah. So, so there we go. Okay. So, gaslighting is another word that you discovered the other day. Yes. And now you're just. Dis- and you're- now seeing it everywhere. Not everywhere. Not everywhere. But I mean, have seen it other places. <laughs> and, <laughs> I mean, but I mean, it comes back to burlap sack. <laughs> Never seen it before. I'm imagining you going around in your everyday life, seeing the word <laughs> gaslighting everywhere. Like you're kind of like um, getting on the train and it's like, ga- you know, uh, next stop gaslighting. You're like, mm. what? what? And then you kind of like get your phone out and uh, you get a text message and it just says gaslighting. And the, the, the person who sent, I- sent it is Mr. Gaslighting at yeah. gaslighting.com. And like, what? F- gaslighting everywhere. Yes. Not quite that much, but 
No. You just notice it a little more than normal, Mm -hmm. I suppose. Okay. Um, And that goes back to the burlap sack thing, which is what you read while researching the history of Paris for your podcast. Yes. So basically you're fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) We cleared that up. Yeah. Everything's fine. Good, 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 good. Okay. Um, Oh, my goodness. Right. I did have a plan to kind of to talk to you about something in particular, but... uh, since we are running fast, running out of time, oh well. Let's let's begin. Let, we'll, let's we'll, just begin. We'll do it. Do I it. Thought, let's do it. I I saw something on Facebook the other day that kind of made me laugh, and it was one of those um, articles. Uh, you know, those articles are like, "Here's some funny stuff we found on the internet," mm. and then they put it all into the article. And this one was um, uh, twenty really strange TripAdvisor reviews. Yes. Okay. I don't know if you saw it. I didn't see it. And I never use TripAdvisor. Don't you really? No, because I think I don't give a toss. No? What you say, because I don't <laughs> trust it myself. I never read comments. But then, but things like that, which like put a list of the 20 best, I would read those. Okay. Because uh, sometimes people do write mental things. They do. Some, some crazy people write some crazy reviews of restaurants and hotels on TripAdvisor. And it's quite fun to read them. Um, uh, and I just wonder if it's necessary to clarify what TripAdvisor is. Because, you know, I've got a lot of listeners in somewhere like China. They might not have TripAdvisor okay. in China. So what's TripAdvisor? TripAdvisor is a website where you can leave reviews about restaurants and hotels and and maybe other things too. And it's meant to be, you know, by people. So it's real people leaving real reviews um, and there is some sort of controversy because sometimes, you know, obviously people write mean reviews about a competitor, maybe, mm. or nice reviews about themselves. So, but on the whole, I mean, the more reviews there are, the harder it is to cheat. Yes, yes, um, that's right. And I guess like TripAdvisor reviews can be really important to a restaurant or hotel. Yeah, they can they can make a real difference. Yeah. Okay. But you don't you don't read TripAdvisor because you like don't care what other people think. I don't read TripAdvisor. Or anything peer type, anything reviews like that, because I don't know the sources, I don't trust them, and people are normally inarticulate and full of nonsense. So, <laughs> no, I don't read them. Like I read something I trust. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, when you do that, when you when you go to a new town or city or country or something, and you kind of Google best restaurant in wherever, and then you know you see TripAdvisor, and it's like the best restaurant on TripAdvisor, and you go there, and it's just crap. Exactly. I mean, I trust the Lonely Planet. I trust yeah. them. I read their reviews if I'm going somewhere new. And then in, in places I know, like Paris, I read reviews of things I know, like fooding or stuff like that. Mm, but you, you, you know, you don't necessarily trust the, the views of Joe Bloggs and his wife. Definitely not. No. Okay. Um, all right then. But um, so you've worked in restaurants and hotels, haven't yes. you? What have you done? What kind of jobs have you done? Loads. I worked in a hotel for a long time when I was um, at university and before I went to university and it was horrible. Horrible. Well, hotels are kind of grim places. To work? Yeah, yeah, to work. This one was. Not all of them, but this one was. Well, because you have like the glitzy outside and then you go through a door and it's all just filth and (laughs) corridors and misery. And (laughs) this hotel, a lot of the staff lived in and it was all just like intrigue and horror. What do you mean intrigue? Well, when you're living in a hotel in Elstree... When when the staff are living in the hotel, yeah, in the conditions are pretty grim, and then they're all sort of 
shagging each sleeping other. with each other. Yeah. It's like it's like you're, you're stepping into some terrible cheap soap opera. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it's all a lot of the people that work there do choose to do hotel and catering as a career, which is can be really interesting, mm. Mm. but can also be perhaps not the brightest sparks in the class. I want it to be said that I think working in hotels is amazing and I think it can be a brilliant career and the same as working in restaurants, which I really, really like and have done for a long time. But you can also get some quite sort of not the most exciting group of people. I guess just like in any industry, really, you get like the the good end and the the less good end of the industry. And um, And the Elstree Moat House was the less good end of the industry. It was just full of misshapen lunatics. (laughs) Horrible. (laughs) Oh, they were awful. It was terrible. And I worked there one Christmas. Mm. They had like a skeleton staff. So, what's, like, whoa, what's that? A skeleton staff is when they sort of reduce the staff to the bare minimum because at Christmas, not that many people want to go to a hotel just outside Watford for Christmas. <laughs> just some hotel in the middle of nowhere, basically. Just nothing. It was just like on a dual carriageway. It was horrible. On some big, busy road. Just, yeah, not, not a very nice hotel. Yeah, no. So they had a skeleton staff. At Christmas. At Christmas. And I was one of the staff. And there was these, it was me, these twins who I could not tell apart. I mean, one was maybe marginally wider than the other one, but they were both enormous. And Males. Girls. girls. It was just girls. And then this other girl who was quite nice. And me. And I think there's one other person. And like, they, I was rubbish at the job. They all studied hotel and catering. They're all really good. And I only had worked in the bar. And they ganged up on me and just like abandoned me and like left me out what do you mean they ganged up on you well we were meant to share a room so the twins had a room and i was meant to share with this other girl and she didn't want to stay with me so she left she abandoned me oh my god and they kind of stopped talking to me and i was really slow at like making the beds (laughs) and, and things like that and getting it wrong all the time and just it was really miserable so they were basically like, oh, God, Amber's rubbish, isn't she? Come on, can I come and stay with you two? Exactly. And then you were on your own, which you're probably fine with. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't the best Christmas. No, no, no. It sounds horrible. Yeah. And, and then... Did you have customers? I, I can't remember. I kind of got really sick and cold and found like a cardigan, which I kept wearing, you even found, though I was not You found to. a cardigan? <laughs> I found an old cardigan somewhere and I kept like wearing it all the time. <laughs> I wasn't meant to. It wasn't part of my uniform, but I was so cold. They didn't put the heating on. Oh my God. I'm so glad you got out of that place. <laughs> so horrible. You could have just lost your mind. You could have, it could have been the end of Amber Minogue in that place. It was nearly the end. And then I broke loads of cups one day I tried to take a cup out to set the breakfast table up and I pulled the tray too far and it was like a sort of triple stacked giant tray of cups and I couldn't hold it it was too heavy so it fell to the floor and all the cups broke (laughs) and what did you do what was your response just just, I would just remember looking up at my manager and um and it just seemed like they were smashing for a really long time. They, they were just falling out. falling out and just just minutes were going by. And I just said, I'm really sorry. Smash. Oh, look, I'm really smash. smash. I'm just smash. I'm just really sorry about the smash, smash, smash. Smash, smash, I'm smash, just smash. sorry, smash. I'm so- Oh, wait a minute. Smash, 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 smash. I'm really sorry about the cups. Smash. <laughs> yes. It was exactly like that. It was horrible. <laughs> Oh, goodness yeah. me. 
But uh, then I've stayed in lots of hotels because I worked as a tour guide. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Yeah. You've had some lovely hotel lovely experiences. Lovely hotels. So have I. Because, uh, you know, we don't mean to uh, sort of say mean things about uh, people who work in hotels, leisure and catering industries. No, uh, it's a hard of, job. It is, yeah. It's really, really hard, hard job, yeah. I, I've worked in restaurants and bars and, and hotel as well. And uh, I remember when I worked in the restaurant, uh, I had to do split shifts. Oh, God, yeah. And I used to do these split shifts where I would start at 10 in the morning and I'd work through until about 2.30 mm. in the afternoon. And then I'd have time off and then I'd start again at seven and work all the way through until about one o'clock or something. Yeah. And uh, these split shifts were brutal. They're really hard. They're really, really hard. And in the middle of the day, I'd just have time to like get some food and just collapse for a while. Yeah. And then you'd be back on your feet running around. Like working as a barman in a busy pub restaurant is really taxing. It's really, really hard because you've got to you're on your feet, you're running around all the time. You don't have a spare moment to think about anything else. But it's a great job. Yeah. I mean, I love working restaurants because of that. You know, it's really efficient. Have you read um, George Orwell's Down and Out in Paris and London? I haven't. I've got a copy of it, but I've never read it. It's an excellent book. And he talks about working as a plonge, which is a dishwasher in Paris in this very, very posh hotel on Rue Rivoli. And... The way he describes it really made me think about working in restaurants because mm. he describes how people need to, how you need to be really efficient. Every movement counts, like every gesture needs to be meaningful. Yeah. And working in restaurants, which I find a lot easier than hotels, I also like a lot more, was really like that. You know, you never walked to a table with your hands empty. You know, you never came back to the kitchen without something in your hands. Like you needed to be really, really efficient to keep things yeah. running smoothly. And it's, yeah. and it's really satisfying yeah. doing that. Yeah, I, I agree. Having, you know, those experiences of working in a busy bar on a Friday or Saturday night while serving drinks on the bar and waiting, you know, serving on tables and stuff. Yeah, exactly that. That it's the efficiency that you, mm. once you get into the rhythm and once you get confident in, in, in you know, making and serving the drunk drinks and sort of... Uh, uh, and the drunks. And the drunks, serving the drunks who are in the bar. <laughs> And serving them drinks and going to the tables and all that stuff. And and first of all, it's very good for your short-term memory because you're remembering mm. the status of all the tables. Yeah. So you, it's like spinning plates in a way. You exactly, know? yeah. Spinning plates where you've got these, you know, spinning plates, I guess, is just a metaphor, isn't it, for, for like doing lots of things all at the same time. But, you know, those magic tricks, listeners... I don't know if my listeners are aware of the expression spinning plates, but it's when, you know, like those magic tricks where someone has all these long poles and they've got plates on the top and they spin the plates and they have to keep all of the plates spinning on the top of these poles. And it's dramatic because some of them start to slow down and they have to go and spin them up again. Uh, it's uh, it's it's like that. Um working as a waiter because you're constantly sort of maintaining all of these tables and if you keep your take your eye off the ball and let one of the tables if you sort of forget about one of the tables then you've got you know a problem they'll be unhappy so you're constantly going around the tables sort of serving them to you know and doing all that stuff and uh, yeah the efficiency of it and the it, it you get into this almost like zen like state where you're not thinking about anything else like time slows down and you're mm. just serving the tables and just pouring the drinks and like you know remembering the orders and all that stuff and uh, that's when it's good but i remember when i first started working in in restaurants it was horrible really really difficult 
to get uh, get good at it and I'd forget all of the orders and I'd be running around sweating and sort of nervously sweating and shaking and bringing the wrong food to the tables and you know I remember once like I was serving champagne to these women at this lunch and I didn't know what I was doing I'd never you know served champagne before in my life yeah you know it's just like they just ordered champagne I had to you know bring it to them so I brought this tray of champagne glasses and it was all wobbling and I was like all nervous and sort of you know too young and stupid and and I brought the champagne over and I opened the bottle really un- unconfidently and they were all looking at me all these like middle-aged women having a champagne lunch and they were looking at me trying to open this champagne bottle and it popped the cork out and it didn't go everywhere thank goodness but then I was like serving the champagne I remember I, I the, the, in the end, the women took the glasses, and I had to like serve them all individually with the with with them mm-hmm. holding the glasses. And uh, this one, I started pouring the champagne for this one woman, and she was like, "No, no, no, that's enough." And I was like about to stop pouring it, and she misunderstood, and she kept the glass there. So I poured a bit more. She ended up putting her hand in over the top of the glass, and I poured champagne all over her hand. Classy. And it was like, oh god, you know. And yeah. I remember once I dropped food into this guy's lap. Like I was getting his plate and the plate slipped in my hand and all the food slipped (laughs) off the plate and landed in his lap and it was all really, really, really embarrassing and awful. Mm. Um, So yeah, it's a really hard job, but it can be a good job. It's a hard job and you have to work somewhere where, which has integrity. Because there's lots of, you know, restaurants which are just rubbish, like not, they don't care about the food or the customers or the staff. Like, I think it's so important to care. Mm. And so much is sort of the, the rhythm is set by the chef. And I worked in this restaurant once and uh, the chef was just so committed. You know, nothing left the kitchen without his approval and the kitchen was spotless. Mm. And, you know, you worked, you needed to be good enough to serve his food. You know, you needed to be, as professional as he was and it's such a challenging job you know you look in the kitchen and they're working so hard and they're on their feet and it's hot and it's dangerous and they're doing the same split shifts the same as you um yeah it's 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 a really great job but then some places are just awful right you know yeah i've you know i've worked in some pretty crappy places and some pretty good places the the crappy ones yeah i mean it's just embarrassing really just because you end up being the face of this this place and all, all of these problems are sort of um, uh, the result of bad management and lazy staff and you know it's hard to do a good job when everything around you is like falling apart and you know you're just constantly having to sweep up these the, the, these problems and things um, so what about as a customer do you have any particularly bad restaurant experiences or hotel experiences as a customer um, I had um well, bad restaurant experiences. I think we've all had like one. I think what stands out is, I suppose, something that stands out that's different to what you expect. Like yeah. I went to a restaurant with my sister and it was vegetarian. She's vegetarian, sort of. And What, she eats fish? No, sometimes she eats meat. But what? She's, she's like, I'm vegetarian most of the time. I don't know. I can't keep up. It's complicated. Okay. So we went to a vegetarian restaurant, but it's in France, and so there's not that many. And I ordered this food, and like it had a salad, and it had a big slug in it. And then when I told the waiter, he was just like, "Yeah, it's because it's organic." <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, but like you can still wash it, even if it's organic. Like maybe that's more reason to." But he didn't offer any apology or like compensation, whereas I think in the UK would have been 
that mm. people would have been kind of horrified. Yes. And offered you uh, a recompense. Hold on, I've got a story about oh, yeah. about about stuff actually. So Nico is my boyfriend, and he is French, and he pronounces salmon salmon. Yes, which obviously, and a lot of people in the world do. A lot of people in the world do. And we have got a very good friend who mispronounces salmon, and she says salmon. And me and another friend, we sometimes tease her about it. She doesn't know that, though. Anyway, so sometimes I'll say salmon, and Nico is convinced that salmon is the correct pronunciation. Because it's got an L in it. Because it's got an L in it, and he's heard people say it. And then he said... Oh, I was in England. He was in England for work. And he said, I went to a restaurant and the waitress said salmon. So it is salmon. And I was like, there's something you need to know about waiting staff in England. (laughs) Nearly none of them are English. Majority of them are, are foreign. Lots of them from Poland and other places. And it's a good chance she was one of these people. Mm. So... That was it. So, so, salmon. <laughs> salmon. So there you go, listeners. You shouldn't it's, say salmon. It's salmon. 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 And what about uh, almond? Does he almond. say almond? No, I don't think so. That's another one that he people do. He says iron. Not iron. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, can you iron my shirt? Or I need to iron my shirt, not exactly. iron. Yeah. Oh, God. I mean, to be fair to him, it's... It's silent different. letters are horrible. Silent letters are a bloody nightmare, yeah. aren't they? I need to do a whole podcast about silent, silent letters. Silent letters, yeah, they are tough. I mean, but we don't have that many. I mean, the French have more than silent letters. They've got a whole silent end of words. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, so do we, don't we? What about through? Yeah. T-H-R-O-U-G-H? What the hell's a G-H doing at the end of that word? Yeah. Cough. Cough, yeah. Cough? Cough? Cowg? Cowg. Cowg. Sounds like a cough, actually. Yeah. Laugh, you know. True. Yeah. Okay, true. Uh, yeah, anyway. Language is difficult. Anyway. It is, isn't it? So, okay. Uh, so you had a slug in the salad. Slug and the and guy they didn't was, do anything. The guy was like, well, it's organic. And you're like, what? T- do you- <laughs> doesn't mm. mean that there should be slugs in it. And he's like, well, it is an organic slug. Um, and it's a good source of protein. So Exactly. You know, Whereas I think in England, we might not complain so easily but if we do something would be done what's that cliche of the english in restaurants that they just they served bad food or cold soup and they're just like grumbling amongst themselves and then when the waiter sort of comes by and says oh is everything okay they're like oh yes yes thank you right isn't that in a movie i'm sure you've seen that somewhere uh i think it's in one of those those postcard series um I can't remember the name of the series of postcards, but it's a fairly well-known series of little postcards which have uh, uh, cartoons on them. And it's like life in Britain. Isn't, yeah. it, isn't it ridiculous? And there's yeah. like, you know, one of them is like a guy drowning in the water. Yeah. And he's like, help me, help me, can you help me? Um, and um, the guy, the, there's an English guy walking along the side of the river and he's like frowning, like not helping the guy. And then the guy's like, uh, help me, help me, can you help me, please? And then the Englishman's like gladly throwing the uh, uh, the, the, the life uh, jacket to him and stuff. And the other one is that there's a couple sitting at a restaurant and it's like four, a four-panel cartoon mm. and they're sitting there and it's like, um, it's not very nice, is it, darling? No, there's a, there's a slug in my salad. Yeah, my, my soup is cold. And then the waitress comes over and she goes, how is everything? Is it all right? And they look up to her and they go, yeah, it's delicious. Thanks. Fantastic. And then when the waitress is gone, they go, oh, God, it's horrible, this. So, Mm. you know, that's the cliche. I think that it's partly true and partly not true. 
the the part that's fairly true is that I guess the English are a little bit less comfortable at giving negative um, like feedback or negative responses, and that we we are a little bit awkward around that kind of thing. Um, and it becomes a little bit of an issue, and we tend to just sort of prefer to not make a fuss, really. Yes, it'll be fine. I'll just, I'll just eat it. I'll just <laughs> pick out the slug. Yeah, we're a bit more accepting of like personal discomfort or something, and and also just avoid the confrontation of a a public disagreement. Just people don't really like that sort of thing. Whereas here in France, people are a lot more ready to have a disagreement and to complain and to be negative yeah. in public. And it's all part of doing business in, in restaurants here in France. Exactly. But then there's the opposite. Like, uh, Americans are really challenging sometimes to serve because, you know, they want lots of stuff. Yeah. You know, they're like, I want this and this and this and this. And like sometimes in the restaurant, they'd be like, I want this, this and this and this. And I'd ask the chef and he was like, no. No, this this is my meal. This yeah. is how I cook it. They eat it like this. And sometimes, I remember once, one American, she asked for a doggy bag, you know, to have the food to take away. Mm-hmm. And now in France, you actually have to do that. You are allowed to do that. But at the time, you didn't. And so I said to the chef, oh, can she, uh, can she take it away? And we didn't have any stuff to do it anyway. But he said, no, I'm not having her heating up my meal and calling it a Thierry Bourbonneux. I mean, like he was <laughs> outraged that, you know, she would be like giving it to her dogs or heating up for like leftovers the next day. So yeah. he was like, Absolutely not. She eats it here or she doesn't have it. Hobson's choice. <laughs> back, to, back to Hobson's <laughs> fucking choice again. Uh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So they're very demanding. What, so so some American customers can be like, you know, they're going into like the, the cake, the, the, the shop and it's they're ordering the bacon sandwich. This is the my, this is Luke's, yeah. Luke's English restaurant where yeah. bacon sandwich is one of the items on the mm. menu, and it's like, uh, and they're like, uh, "Can I have the bacon sandwich? But can you put it on rye bread with, uh, you know, can you hold the mayo? And do you have organic uh, bacon made from corn? And you know, can I have a salad on the side? You know, that kind of thing. Exactly. And this is whereas like French because I worked in the same restaurant as like um, an events organizer, and so I'd organize these big events, and so sometimes French people. Would organize a wedding and i'd send them the menu and they'd be like okay we'll have that starter that main course you know that dessert this wine for everyone like a wedding party there might be a hundred people yeah. no problems and then i'd organize like a sort of business lunch for americans and they'd be back and forth about the menu for like 12 people and everyone would want like a different thing and i was like why are you so tricky <laughs> it's nice food just have the Bloody food as is, you lunatics. Like, I'm gluten intolerant. Yeah. I'm, no, 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 no. I'm vegetarian, but I eat fish on every other day, especially when it's a Wednesday. And But they're used to that level of service. And then when you go to the States, like it's intense. Yeah, that's right. You go into a restaurant intense. It's like, hi, my name's, uh, my name's Steve. I'm going to be your personal waiter today. How yeah. are you? You look <laughs> fantastic. Can we maybe start with uh, some drinks? Maybe I can just bring some water over for you guys first, and then we'll move on. And just whenever you're ready, just come over. My name's Steve. You know. Yeah. It's like, okay, to... okay, Steve. Okay, Steve. Let us just sit down, please. Exactly. But then you have to, like, obviously tip massively. Yeah, you do. Yeah, because yeah, afterwards it's like Steve's like, uh, I just noticed that uh, you didn't leave a gratuity on uh, your bill there, and I was just wondering, uh, was there a problem? And did they have, has that ever happened to you? Um, yes, I, it did happen in the states once, where I think we went to a restaurant and we didn't leave a tip, and they came, they brought the the receipt back, and they were like, 
Uh, you know, just to let you know that it's restaurant policy that customers leave a minimum 15% gratuity. And we lot. were like, oh, oh, I see. Sorry, uh, here you are. And it was a bit awkward. Because I leave a tip, a little one, but not much. Mm. But, and that's what's good about France as well. You can leave a small tip yeah. or not. Just leave a couple of euros. 15%, it's huge. Yeah. Well, you know, as, as we know from the movie Reservoir Dogs... Uh, these waitresses and waiters in in America don't uh, uh, they 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 need the tips, you know, because the yeah. the 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 people who employ them don't pay them a lot, and so they live off the tips. You know that scene in Reservoir Dogs. I can't remember the you don't scene. Don't remember it. I can't it's, remember. It's, I just remember the year. I can't the, remember anything you else. You remember the bit where he gets his ear cut off. That's yeah. all I remember. Uh, that is quite a memorable moment. But the yeah. film begins with uh, all of these hitmen, these mafia guys sitting around a table, and it's mm-hmm. like, Can, uh, hey, get the bill. You gonna pay the bill? And then it was like, everyone pay 10%. You got to pay 10%. And then one guy, Steve Buscemi, is like, no, I don't tip. And then they have like a 10-minute argument about uh, whether or not you should tip in a, mm. in a restaurant. And then at the end, Steve Buscemi does this with his fingers. So what I'm doing is I'm rubbing my thumb and my forefinger up and down. It looks like I'm pinching by rubbing them up. He's like this. You know what I got to say? I got to say this. And everyone's like, what the, what the fuck is this? What are you doing? He's like this. This is the this is the world's smallest violin playing just for the waitresses. <laughs> All right, ramblers, let's get rambling. Wait a minute. Who didn't throw in? Mr. Pink. Mr. Pink. Why not? You don't tip. You don't tip. What do you mean you don't tip? You don't believe in it. Shut up. What do you mean you don't believe in it? Come on, you cough off a bucket, cheap bastard. I paid for your goddamn breakfast. All right, since you pay for the breakfast, I'll put in. But normally, I would never do this. Never mind what you normally would do. Just cough in your goddamn fuck like everybody else. Thank you. Um, uh, restaurants. Restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I, I was thinking that the, one of the worst restaurant experiences I ever had was in Cornwall. I was camping there with my wife. Uh, we went on a camping trip around Cornwall. We got very lucky with the weather. It was very nice. Uh, but we went to a restaurant in a town called Lou, which isn't a good start, is it, really? No. Um, um, and uh, so, anyway, Lou, beautiful place, but this particular restaurant wasn't very good. It's Lou spelled L-O-O-E, not Lou spelled L-O-O. L-O-O-E, okay. Yeah, Louis or Lou, but it's pronounced Lou. Mm. Anyway, we went to this restaurant called Archie's, and we arrived a little bit late. It was sort of 4 p.m. on a Sunday, and everywhere was closed. All the good places were closed. This was the only one that was open, which is bad. It was Hobson's Choice. Hobson's Choice. <laughs> <laughs> it was basically this or just nothing. sit sit in a tent with no, no food, you know? Right. And so, you know, it's this or a bag of crisps, which is not Hobson's Choice. No. <laughs> you know, you've got two, op- two options. <laughs> it's this, it's, it's Archie's or it's nothing. So we went into Archie's. And, um, you know, to be honest, we were both, both of us, we were in denial a little bit, mm. you know, because we, both of us, both of, both of us were very hungry uh, and we needed uh, a nice lunch and we, we'd made up our minds, we're going to have a nice lunch. Uh, we, so we walked through Archie's ignoring like all of the bad signs that were around us, like the kind of the dirty carpet, the chips on the floor, the dusty shelf. Uh, the, the vague smell of boiled cabbage in the air, the, the waitress who didn't acknowledge our presence until I sort of went, 
you know, and, and then she's mm. like, all right, table for two. And then it was like, yeah, t- uh, that's right, for Sunday lunch. And they were like, yeah, it's upstairs. And, and I was like, oh, the local charm of, uh, of Lou. Were anyway, you the only people? There were a couple of other people hanging around, like a family with some kids, and the kids were playing around, and the parents looked bored, mm. you know, and like some guy on his own drinking beer on his own. And, you know, nice. it's just like, oh, and the radio was playing as well somewhere in the, in the room. So we went upstairs, up the creaky stair, staircase, hungry, uh, trying to look on the bright side, enjoying our holiday. We, um, we walked through and I walked past the door to the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I looked in, I took a glance in and um, it wasn't a good sight. Because, you know, there are certain things that will tell you certain important signs that will give you an indication of what the restaurant's like. For example, the, the welcome you get, mm-hmm. uh, the state of the toilet. Mm-hmm. Often I always like have a look in the toilet and get a general... Just a general cleanliness. General cleanliness, right? And also, if you get a look at the kitchen, you have a little peek into mm. the kitchen, you can see what's going on there. Is it a, is it a clean, efficient, disciplined uh, food production area yep. uh, with an inspired uh, Gordon Ramsay-type chef in, mm-hmm. in there? Or is it some sort of uh, greasy hellhole? <laughs> was it the latter? It was a greasy hellhole. Um, and I looked through, the, the door had like a sort of circular porthole, you know, like those circular mm. windows you get on boats. So I looked through into this murky kind of uh, world in the kitchen. And the, the window was all stained with cooking oil. Because you know, there was like probably no ventilation in the kitchen, and that you get the impression that all the walls, everything in there was like covered in this film of uh, airborne like cooking fat, oh, and the window horrible. had all these streaks of like kind of uh, brownish golden fat on it. It was like really dirty oh. with dust stuck to it, so I could hardly see through the window. But I peeked through. And it made everything look, it just gave everything this, this kind of brownish golden kind of color, including all the people who worked in there. And, you know, some guy with a beard, you know, and a hat that wasn't on properly, just do, mixing up some, some horrible stuff and it's just matter. steam just rising out of some corner uh, sink area. And I, and I was like, oh, God, <laughs> that looks <sighs> like a, that doesn't look good. Anyway, we sat down and... Uh, Another thing that, you know, to be honest, all these were signs that registered in my brain. Mm. Uh, My brain was like, "Uh uh-oh, these are not good. This is bad. This is going to be terrible. But my stomach was going, nah, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. We're going to get food, right? It's Sunday lunch. And uh, we sat down at the table. And the second thing that should have, you know, told me that that we should have left was the state of the table that we sat Mm. down at. So the surface of the table was sticky. First mm-hmm. of all, as if someone had poured orange juice all over it maybe three hours earlier nice. and no one had cleaned it up. So it was all sticky. And then on top of that stickiness was like loads of crumbs oh. and like breadcrumbs and little bits of food. Like some messy person had been eating food and bits of food had fallen onto the and table. just not cleaned the table. It hadn't been cleaned up. And, I, and my wife didn't see this and I attempted to hide it from her by sort of sweeping the dust off the table before we mm. sat down. So I went to like, because I thought... If she sees this, then uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, you know, because she's got yeah. standards. She's got higher standards than I do. Yeah. So I was like, oh, God, just just brush it off the table. So I went to brush the crumbs off the sticky table and I didn't manage. My hand wouldn't pass over the surface of the table. Mm-hmm. You know, I was expected to just be able to go. Whew, 
and like cleanly brush it all aside. But I got halfway across the table and my hand went and like stuck to the ah. table. Like, you know, like gripped, the table gripped my hand. Horrible. And, then, and I had to like remove it like that. And, you know, and then my, my wife wasn't looking. She was like looking at a picture on the wall or something. I was, like, oh, and I was wiping my hand on the trousers. Like, oh, fuck, oh God. And so I was like, there, there you go, darling. Let's just sit down, look at the menu. Open the menu. There you are. <laughs> these, gre- oh. <laughs> these greasy menus. Wipe the menu on the on the on the chair a little bit. Oh, let's just have a look at the menu. And we both ordered Sunday lunches. And after a while, they arrived and uh, roast you know beef uh, with veg. You know, typical English Sunday Sunday roast. The gravy was in a little gravy jug with a film over the top. It was like the the you know you had to like break through the layer oh. of, of gravy on the top. It didn't pour out. The that whole, sounds horrible. The gravy just sort of like ballooned towards one end of the jug when I started pouring it, like a, oh. you know, because it, because <laughs> it was all set on the top, and the and the meat, the quality, the quality of the meat, like it was, it was grey. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Did you actually eat it? I ate some of it. Yeah. Ugh, that and, sounds uh, disgusting. When you're really hungry. Well, I, you know, I got part of the way through it until my my brain, my brain was going no 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 no, but my stomach was. Hungry. The driving force. Yes. And it was kind of going, no, no, it's all right. It's all right, man. It's okay. Just keep treat, keep eating it. And then eventually my stomach was like, ah, nah, actually, no, you're right. You're right. No, this is, this is oh, inedible. That's horrible. Yeah. And we both found it Those are restaurants hideous. that, like, why? It's just, there's lots of restaurants that don't need to make any effort. You know, if they've got a nice view or in an area, like in Montmartre, near where, near where we both live. Yeah. At the top by the Sacré Coeur, there's like a little area where there's loads of restaurants. I mean, it's muck, oh. absolute muck up there. But they've got so many people, they don't have to make any effort. I hate that attitude of just like, not going to bother, not going to make any effort whatsoever. Yeah, well, I mean, look, that's it. That's a, that's a, a pretty good sign that a restaurant's not going to be good is if it's in a very prominent touristy area yeah. and it's just picking up on the people who are just there anyway. Yeah. Like those ones in Montmartre and also there are places in Leicester Square in London. Yeah. All the touristy places, the restaurants don't have to make any effort and they don't... And you they know, don't bother. They don't bother because yeah. people are always going to come in because there's just so many people there and they're hungry. And this place was like that. It was the only place that was open and it's a touristy little town. And so we just got sucked into the into the 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 kind of uh, grief hole did that was this <laughs> <laughs> that was this place we did complain after we went we we didn't eat our food yeah and like we went back downstairs and the woman who'd like you mm. know greeted us all right you know she didn't really greet us the woman yeah. who you know we saw we came in who we had to pay she obviously realised that we hadn't eaten our food because we'd only been there for about 20 minutes or something and she was like was everything all right with your food and and my wife was like no no it was it, it, it wasn't very good and she was like oh really what's the matter and, and my wife was just like it was just inedible yeah. <laughs> and the woman was like what she was all shocked as if um you know she had no idea she yeah. knew full she knew full well the food was hideous why are people like that anyway did you leave a review uh we didn't leave a review actually but um um we didn't leave a review, but we did have a look at because we didn't have like TripAdvisor accounts. But we did look at some of the um, uh, reviews on uh, TripAdvisor. You can actually find them, right? I tell have you what, are you going to read some? Yeah, let me go tr- on. Okay, so this is. Let me just open that on my computer. All right, so the, the restaurant is called Archie's in Lou. Archie's a good name. Archie's sounds nice, doesn't it? Archie's friendly, yeah, yeah. friendly. Um, and so the the it's got. Um, 
Okay, so the, the overall rating for the restaurant is two and a half stars out of five. That's low. It is low. And um, it's got 53 excellence, 89 very good, 57 average, 67 poor, and 130 terrible. Wow. 130, 130 terrible and it's and it's been it you know this i don't know how this restaurant is still open i Jeez. really don't know um and you know for example here's here's the latest review from october last year it goes like this while on a holiday we had the misfortune of eating here never again the food took ages to come to the table uh, then we found it to be very low grade and cheap food served by the most miserable of waitresses <laughs> Who also came across as rude. Even the children commented on this. Even the children noticed she (laughs) was rude. Mummy, mummy, what's wrong with the waitress? Oh my gosh. Uh, Next review is from October 2016. Called for a meal here. Cottage pie. Always a safe bet. Um, Wait was far, far too long. The wife ordered a sweet. The wife. The wife ordered a sweet. Lemon tart and clotted cream. After a wait of about 20 minutes, we asked the waitress how long the sweet would be. Her reply was, I've asked the chef twice now and I dare not ask him again. Wow. Imagine that. Excuse me, waitress. Any idea when the, when the desserts are going to arrive? Well, I've asked the, uh, the, the chef twice already and I, I'm too scared to ask him again. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. They, they need a Ramsey. They need Gordon Ramsay to go in there and sort it out. I love Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, isn't it brilliant? I love Gordon Ramsay's I, kitchen nightmares. Oh, I love them. What yeah. do you like about Gordon Ramsay's show so much? Well, about well, I like the way he's sort of like, no nonsense. And I like, but I mean, like his advice really makes sense. Like I said, like I've worked a long time in, in, in bars and restaurants and it's, it's simple. His advice normally boils down to the same things. You know, keep it simple, keep it seasonal, keep it clean. Yeah. And don't be rubbish at your jobs yeah. you know <laughs> yeah just like also get the ego Invest out of the way it. a little yeah. bit too because well there's a lot of ego in in kitchens yeah there can be I, i've what you see in in gordon ramsay's shows by the way listeners i don't know if you know who gordon ramsay is but he's a famous british uh, television chef he's a celebrity chef and he's famous for swearing s- swearing he is the paul taylor <laughs> Of chefs. <laughs> it's right. He's, uh, Gordon Ramsay swears a lot more than Paul. And that's oh, saying yeah. something. Yeah. Um, and so he go. basically what happens in the show is that uh, there are these restaurants that are having problems and Gordon Ramsay is sent in to, 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 to help fix all of the problems. And yeah. he, he does it by being very no-nonsense. He's quite rude, to be honest. He swears a lot at people, but he does get results and he manages to identify all the problems and he fixes yeah. them. Often the problems are that the restaurant is run by someone who's who's got a bit of an ego and yes. they're not willing to make the changes that are necessary and they're doing all these things just because it's sort of... Well, the thing that they sort of... I mean, yes, exactly. They've got a bit of an ego. They've, are they, either they think it's meant to be like this or at the same time sometimes you know people are scared like it costs a lot of money to run a restaurant they're scared to make changes you know like and they try and sort of front it up you know they try and sort of try and they've gone on this program they know something's obviously awful but they also try and to they try to sort of save face and Gordon Ramsay he's no nonsense but at the same time he's sensitive to the fact that you know these are people's livelihoods and they invest everything in it so it can get quite emotional yeah I love it I love it it's great and it's, it's really good to see the way that Gordon Ramsay sort of uh uh, turns it around he redecorates often he redecorates he changes the menu and usually you know you get the voiceover of gordon ramsay going look at the fucking menu yeah. it's a fucking disaster this <laughs> and he always eats he goes there first and he'll try something and he's just like oh 
He sits down. Oh, and he can't eat it. He's just like, what is this muck? It's great because there's the, <laughs> there's the voiceover of Gordon Ramsay talking and he's yeah. like, so here it is, Archie's in Lou. What a fucking disaster. Oh, yeah. Right, I'll sit down then. I think I'll choose what's the best thing on the menu. I'll have the steak and fries. You can't mess that up, can you? Right, so out it comes and he starts eating. He's like, oh, this is fucking, this is fucking rancid. Yes. And he throws the forks down and goes, I can't fucking eat that. Let's see if Brian can get traditional with my main course. But I'm doubtful. It's cocker and rack of lamb, balsamic cherry tomatoes, and one of those pretentious sauces. How the fuck do you get in? <laughs> How do you get the lamb out? Not only is this not pub food, but it's plain awful. Mm. Honestly, it's like chewing a fucking golf ball. Brian's got a lot to answer for. Yeah. And and then he goes into the kitchen and meets the chef and he gives the chef a proper talking to. And what we will always find in these sorts of kitchens is like a lack of organisation and hygiene. And the, and they'll be just over-ambitious menus, you know. And there's nothing worse than you go into a restaurant and the menu is like more than a page yeah. long. And you should have three or four entrees, three or four main courses, like no more. Because yeah. otherwise you know it's all frozen and, you know... Ah. Anyway. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Yeah. So um, anyway, give us give us some more reviews. Do you want us some more reviews? All right. Yeah. Let's let's have some um, some of the strangest TripAdvisor reviews. Oh yes, yes, okay, yes. Okay. Yes. Let's do a bit of this then. Twenty one seriously strange TripAdvisor reviews, and this is from a website called thepoke.co.uk. Okay. Uh, and it goes. Um, so number one, um, the I don't know what the place is that's being reviewed. I imagine it's a hotel. And the, the title of the review from um, a few years ago was, there was poo in the kettle. <laughs> <laughs> poo in the kettle. Poo in the kettle. Oh. Poo in the kettle? <laughs> really? And it goes like this. Do not stay in this absolute dump of a hotel. <laughs> I use the term hotel very loosely. <gasps> Rude staff, windows that won't close, no hot water, broken furniture, dirty utensils, broken light fixings, and actual poo in the kettle. <laughs> the pièce de résistance, a poo in the kettle. He needn't have bothered saying anything else, just poo in the kettle. I mean, <laughs> That's it. Three, just, I mean, poo in the kettle. Four-word review, poo in the kettle. How is that hotel still still open? Oh I don't know. Gosh. What is the situation? How could there be poo in the kettle? Someone pooed in the kettle. What, like one of the staff or one of the customers or something? People do weird things in hotels. They do, don't they? Once a man offered me a pound if I'd stay and have a cup of tea with him. A pound? A pound. And you were like, you're going to have to offer me more than that. <laughs> there was no... Three pounds, maybe. <laughs> I suspected he didn't want tea. Right. He might have wanted to poo in the kettle. And he, he was offering you a pound for that? Oh, okay. Yeah, weird. weird. Weird stuff that goes on in hotels. Uh, second one. Uh, it goes like this. I have never met anyone who needs a lesson in customer service more. Right? <laughs> and it said, to, to say that children are unwelcome would be an understatement. We visited here with another family and some friends. I asked the clearly unimpressed owner for a straw, you know, for a drink. Yeah. I asked the clearly unimpressed owner for a straw for my son's bottle of pop. His reply was, I don't do straws. It encourages children. Ooh. He's like, he doesn't sell straws because it encourages children. Blimey. So he's really not very friendly to children in the restaurant. Not friendly to children, no. 
Wouldn't want to encourage children to come to your restaurant, would you? Um, here's another one. Grim up north. Grim up north is a phrase that sort of southerners say in England mm. when they mean that life is a bit tough and a bit miserable in the north of England. It's grim up north, isn't it? That's what some people say about it. Um, okay, so here's, here's, here's grim up north. Having had a long drive, I decided to take a shower. I managed to get a cold trickle out of the hose, not enough to wash my hair. So there was no water pressure in, in the shower. Uh-huh. But he did... Uh, so to wash my hair, I had to get on my knees and place my head under the taps in the bath. Uh-huh. Having not realised that the lock on the door was broken, <laughs> I turned round to find the hotel owner staring at me, <gasps> smiling. What? I swore at him and he ran out. Check this out. And as I came out of the room, he was at the bottom of the stairs and he shouted up to me, saying that I was a big boy. No. I wonder... Can, you, can we just explain what the hell just happened in that scenario? Okay. It's pretty weird, but okay. go on. All, all I'm just going to say, I wonder, sometimes do people not know where they're going? You know, like, if you go to a hotel, which, like, its whole advertising is it's for adults only, and you bring your children, I think it's fair that they might be upset. Same as if you go to a sort of gay like free for all sex hotel you shouldn't be surprised if the hotel owner burst in on you maybe that was the hotel yeah maybe it was like you know what was the how did you describe it gays only sex hotel yeah i mean i've never seen a hotel advertised like that but uh, i'm sure they exist i've not but okay but let's just say it was a normal hotel in which case that is shocking if it's a normal hotel shocking you're just behavior. like you're checking it hello mr thompson just checking in um there you go there's my there's my id and passport okay thanks room 13 okay thanks very much is there, is there tea and coffee making facilities yes there but is. there's a poo in the kettle okay all uh, right well fine i don't need a cup of tea anyway it's fine <laughs> what time's breakfast uh okay thanks very much all right ta and you go upstairs blah blah, blah. go into the shower oh, the, oh long drive i'll have a shower <laughs> oh the bloody shower doesn't work I can't be bothered to complain. I just didn't want to wash my hair and go to bed. Uh, all right, so I'll turn on the taps. This is annoying. I'm going to have to lean down. I'm going to have to bend down on my hands and knees and put my head under the taps to wash my hair. All right, splash, 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 splash. What the f- is that the door? The- turn round, have a look. What the... What the- get, get fuck off. What are you doing in my room? Get, get the fuck out of here. What are you doing? He leaves. What the... F- Get the towel, dry myself, put my shirt back on and my trousers and everything. But we just go out. The, right, what the hell's all this about? I'll go and investigate. Go out into the stairway and he's just waiting down there. Oi, what the, what the hell, what the bloody hell do you think you're doing? And he goes, You're a big boy, aren't you? Naughty. Unbelievable. Naughty. Like, what the hell is going on? And then you, yeah. Yes, well, cause, yes, because obviously a big boy, he means. Got a big penis. I suppose so. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, you know. Is a compliment. It's a compliment, but there's a time and a place. Exactly. It's just inappropriate. It is as well. That but is it, a pretty good review. It would stop you in your tracks though, wouldn't it? If you like walking down towards reception with a view to like have a go at the restaurant owner or the hotel and owner. And they cared so little and he's like, about you're, decorum. Oh, you're a big boy, aren't you? You'd be like, oh, uh, what? 
I once stayed in a hotel and there was um, the bathroom was completely like in the middle of the room and it was all glass. Yeah. So it, you, there was like a glass wall between the bathroom and the bedroom yeah. area. So it's kind of saucy. But when you went in and you turned the light on or something, it's it somehow made the glass become opaque. Right. Clever. It was cool. So you'd walk into the bathroom, turn the light on and... <laughs> Yeah. Suddenly the glass goes opaque. Yeah. Futuristic stuff. Yeah. Do you want another one? Yes, please. So it's this one says, found a dead cockroach in my gin and tonic. Oh, I was going to say a dead cockroach. That's not so bad. In the gin and tonic. (laughs) Because, I mean, there's so many reasons why that's gross. Because a cockroach, as we all know fights to survive yeah so it'd have had to have been dead i mean did it drown how long was it in the gin and tonic for did it just drop in with the lemon and what? also a, a cockroach really does not look like gin and tonic no it's not at all like anything you find in gin and tonic to accidentally pop in a cockroach was it in the ice bucket i don't know oh. Here's, here we go we ordered two gin and tonics as we reviewed the menu when they arrived, I noticed that there was something floating in my drink, and it wasn't ice. The restaurant is quite dark inside, and I looked to see if there was anything similar in my husband's drink. There wasn't. I love the way she's like, oh, maybe it's just what they always put in. The- maybe they- There's always a uh, beetle in my <laughs> beverage. <laughs> maybe they put insects in all of the drinks. No, maybe, no, maybe, just mine. Maybe that's a feature of the restaurant. Uh, so I looked to see if there was something similar in my husband's drink, and there wasn't. On closer inspection... I noticed, to my horror, that it was actually a dead cockroach floating in my drink. Ew, that is disgusting. It makes me think of that dad joke, which is like, what's worse than finding a worm in your apple? Finding half Half a worm. worm. (laughs) That is gross. Yeah. Do you want another one? Yes. Do not stop here, is the title of the review. Do not stop here. By day five, they tried kicking all nine of us out of the hotel because my friend got his shorts pulled off in the pool and did a 10-metre walk across the poolside to get them back. Then he got taken to reception, where the owner punched him repeatedly in the head while he was trying to put his shorts on. <laughs> what? I feel we're missing some information here. I think they've given some weird edit to this particular one. I think we need a bit more. Can you imagine the, the whole scenario here? Are they like on some do... Why are you walking naked around? Why did the hotel manager punch him in the head? So did th- they steal the pants, the trousers, the, the 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 underwear? By day five, they tried kicking all nine of us out of the hotel. So there was nine of them staying at the hotel. That sounds like some sort of do. It sounds like a stag do. Doesn't Could it? be, yeah. So nine of them staying at the hotel, and they tried to kick all nine of them out because my friend got his shorts pulled off in the pool. So one of his friends. They were messing around in the pool. One of the guys gets his shorts pulled off. Mm. You know, the sort of thing that lads, crazy lads do on a crazy stag do. Uh, So one of them gets his shorts pulled off and he does a 10 metre walk across the poolside. So he has to walk from the pool into uh, another part of the, the area to get his shorts back. So imagine he walked across the whole area naked. There were probably other guests sitting around trying to have a you know a cocktail and there's this naked guy walking across. I mean, what country this is in would make a difference because if it was Germany, no one would care. They're like, naked? He's just a naked He's guy. just a naked person. There's no problem. We like naked... It's Dutch, isn't it? This is no problem. This is Dutch. Dutch, Dutch people. It's just... I mean, a- like any sort of Northern European, they, they're kind of like, yeah, naked. 
Yeah, she's just a naked guy. We encourage that kind of thing here in, uh, in Maybe Holland. Maybe it was Saudi Arabia. Uh, I'm not going to do a Saudi Arabian No, accent. but I'm saying like, you know, the country does make a difference. Right. Yes, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. In certain cultures, that's okay. But in certain cultures, it's definitely not okay to walk across a, 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 a part of the hotel. It might make them so angry, they might want to punch you in the head. Yeah, I don't repeatedly. know what, which country that would be. Like, you do not do this in our country. <laughs> Punching people, that's fine. But nakedness is not no. to be tolerated. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, I guess he got his shorts back and then the owner of the place started punching him repeatedly wow. in the head while he was trying to put his shorts on. The thing is, we don't know what the owner's like. Maybe the owner was like a very small, frail old lady. Right. You know, because I mean, maybe you're thinking of a big burly man, but maybe the owner was just some sort of small little thing and her punch was an ineffectual like, sort of... Yeah. Naughty! Like, get how dare you how bloody dare you punch 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 he's like get off me get off me I'm trying to put my shorts on yeah maybe he's like six foot two enormous big boy number six is uh, disgusted yeah that's that's the title of the review Uh, and it goes like this there was a young lady who was on holiday it sounds like a limerick a a riddle there once was a lady on holiday there was a young lady on holiday (laughs) with her five year old daughter and one of the pool bar staff so there's obviously a bar next to the pool serving mm. drinks. One of the pool bar staff kept calling her little girl a bastard. <laughs> <laughs> so the what? Can you imagine this? This. <laughs> so there's a young lady on holiday with her daughter, five year old daughter. The, the lady's there. The daughter's playing around, and imagine the barman yeah. is like cleaning the glass. All right, darling. All right. Or you? Who's that little bastard? I'm only joking. You know. What? Yes, okay. So that's Get weird. your little bastard here, Elf. Get, get your little bastard away from the bar. Maybe it's the same place that doesn't encourage children with I straws. imagine so. So the member of the pool bar staff kept calling her little girl a bastard. What? The most random insult. That's weird, yeah. She got the owner to dismiss him until she went home. I'm all for having a laugh, but treatment like that is not on. Mm. I'm all for having a laugh, but treatment like that is not on. So maybe the barman was like calling the girl a bastard as some sort of weird joke. Maybe it was out of earshot for the little girl and the mum, but the person at the bar could hear it. So I'd imagine the mum and the little girl were not at the bar, but the barman was talking to perhaps a bar colleague or one of the people sitting at the bar and saying like, oh, children, little bastards, bastards. little bastards, children. Maybe. maybe, maybe, maybe she just misunderstood, and he was talking about bar stools. Yeah, or Game of Thrones. Yeah, well, there are a lot of bastards in Game yes, of Thrones. Yes, there mm. are. I thought it'd be like move that bar stool over here. No, the little one. Get that little bar stool. It's possible. And she was like, "You, how dare you call my daughter a bastard?" Like, and, I, and I, I shall was, have you dismissed. Talking about the the stools, darling. Nothing yeah. to do the. Anyway, um, next one is simply entitled "Absolutely Awful." Okay. And it goes like this. Some of the girl party went to the loos. So some of the girls from the party went to the loos and on return were upset and reported to management that the odd woman had offered them drugs in the loos. The staff did nothing. That's a bonus. The odd woman. Who, what, who's the odd woman? I don't know. But I mean, if someone offers you drugs in the loo, that's, yeah, not, that's... that's not bad. Depends on the drugs, I suppose. The the odd woman was now talking to and imposing herself on the girl party. 
It's so weirdly written. It sounds... Well, because TripAdvisor, lots of people write in English and they're not. Oh, okay, yeah. And then you do get some very curious reviews. Some of the girl party went to the loos and on return they were upset and reported to the staff or manager that the odd woman... I don't know who the odd woman is. Maybe it was old? Uh, Maybe. Maybe there's just a crazy lady or maybe it was a Madam Pee-Pee. An old woman or... An odd woman. There was a strange woman in the loo. A strange woman, and she offered them drugs in the loo's, and the staff did nothing. The Mm. odd woman was now talking to and imposing herself on the girl party. The girls were upset, and some crying. They again spoke to staff. The staff did nothing. They just watched with dull indifference. Dull indifference, that's nice. The staff did nothing. I told them they should phone the police. The staff did nothing. That's the end of the (laughs) review. Quite a good review. Some weird little mysterious horror movie. Let's w- one more. Okay? One more. Okay then. Uh, and it's this is this one is called just simply haunted. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like an advert. I love this one already. Haunted. So, <clears throat> oh, it goes like this. Stay out of it. It's haunted. And there's no punctuation in this. Excellent. And no capital letters or punctuation. Stay out of it. It's haunted. I saw the ghost in my room over my four-year-old boy. I screamed and ran out my room. We collected our things and checked out in the middle of the night. The rude man in the front desk wanted to charge us for a day. While we only stayed six hours, after checking out, my sister told me she heard, spelt, she heared, she heard water flushing in the toilet and my nanny saw the TV channel switching by itself while my kids watching Tom and Jerry, but they didn't think that it was really haunted. Our room number was number 303. Wow. Stay out of it. It's haunted. I saw a ghost in my room over my four-year-old boy. I screamed and ran out of the room. We collected our things and checked out in the middle of the night. The rude man on the front desk wanted to charge us for a day while we only stayed six what? hours. After checking out, my sister told me she heard water flushing in the toilet. With a whole family staying in this haunted hotel. Apparently. And my nanny saw the... And a nanny. My nanny saw the TV channel switching by itself while my kids were watching Tom and Jerry. But they didn't think that it was really haunted. Well, Nanny probably doesn't know what a remote control is. And hearing a toilet flush happens in a hotel because you're just next to other people. She sort of, sounds crazy. Sort of imagine this family just moving from place to place, just having mad experience after mad experience, imagining, they you know, just crazy. one weird thing happens. And it's like, the place is haunted. Leave, even if it's the middle of the night. You know, just running out into the street at night with the kids in tow. Oh, dear. It's such a weird world, isn't it, Amber? It is. Some crazy people out there. Um, okay, I think we should draw this to a close because you've got to pick up... Uh, I've got to go and get the small man. You've got to go and get the small man. Okay, from the... from The uh, the crash. No, yeah. Okay, well, it's been fun sort of having this very random conversation about restaurants. It's kind of about restaurants. I mean, it was a bit about restaurants. And Hobson's Choice. And mainly Hobson's <laughs> Choice. I feel like Hobson's Choice would be the good name for some biscuits. Well, I mean, here in front of us, we've got some hobnobs. Hobnobs choice. New buttery chocolate biscuits from Hobson's Choice. (laughs) (laughs) Have these biscuits or no others. You can have these biscuits or you can fuck off. (laughs) Hobson's Choice. The only choice for biscuit lovers. That does sound like a good advert. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. I am available, by the way, for uh, voiceover work. If anyone's interested, if you've decided to sell a new brand of biscuits, I'm your man. New, new Hobson's Choice cutlery. 
Not cutlery, no. No. Because it's knife or fork. New Hobson's Choice Cutlery, it's just a knife. <laughs> Take it or leave it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hold on. Cutlery. We went to a restaurant, a Chinese restaurant the other day with Hugo. And they bought him these little chopsticks. Mm-hmm. And it was so nice and friendly. And it was one that your uh, wife recommended, actually. Oh, yeah. And we went there. And it was really good. And they put, like, um, an elastic band around the chopsticks so he could use them. And he could use them. And he's only three. Oh, How nice and friendly is brilliant. that? And brilliant. And now he wants to use chopsticks the whole time. Right. Well, brilliant. Okay. New chopsticks from Hobson's Choice. The only choice for three-year-olds who can't use chopsticks very well. Okay, that scrap now. Scrap that one. That's not working. Okay, Amber. Thanks so much. All right then. And uh, speak to you again on the podcast soon. Yeah. All right. All right then. Cheers. All right then. Bye. Bye. So that was Amber and me talking about hotels and restaurants and uh, all sorts of other things as well along the way. And uh, we're nearly finished here, but I would just like to say a couple of things at the end of the episode without this taking too long, because I know this is another long one. Uh, Yes, another long one. I've never been accused of uh, being too short, have I? No, I haven't. Um, So uh, a couple of things to say. First of all, I would just like to ask you, what's your best or worst restaurant or hotel experience? Um, Have you ever had like a really awful, really weird experience in a restaurant or hotel or a really fantastic, wonderful, magical experience in a a restaurant or hotel? Let us know uh, in the comments section. Uh, Thank you. I would just like to say a special thank you to all of the members of the Orion Transcript Collaboration team who've been completing more transcripts lately. Um, You're doing a fantastic job. Well done and thank you. Um, A Google document for this episode should be available soon, so you can put your name next to a three-minute chunk and then start transcribing it. Um, We spoke pretty quickly in this episode, so if you are transcribing it, then may the force be with you. Um, If you would like to join the Transcript Collaboration Project, then you are welcome to. Everybody is welcome. Um, it can be very good for your English and it's just a good, it's a, we've got a nice team um, who are sort of communicating with each other and working together and it's all very nice and it's good for your English, it's good for the podcast, it's good for new listeners, it's just good in in general. So um, you don't have to do a whole episode, you can just do a three minute chunk, that's it, so no pressure and if you're interested uh, just go to my website and click uh, transcript collaboration in the menu in the main menu on the website, hover over transcripts and then click transcript collaboration and all the information that you need should be there. So we we mentioned Gordon Ramsay in this conversation and uh, since then, uh, since we talked about Gordon Ramsay, I've been thinking about that and I've started preparing an episode about Gordon Ramsay and his TV show Kitchen Nightmares. And uh, I've used clips from that TV show in my lessons before and uh, it was very successful, entertaining and interesting. And Gordon Ramsay is quite an interesting and impressive person. He is impressive not just for his approach to cooking and restaurant management, but because of his creative and compulsive use of swearing. Um, so expect a Gordon Ramsay episode, a swear word filled Gordon Ramsay episode of this podcast soon. Although I haven't actually recorded the, that yet, but it's kind of in the pipeline. Um, also, I'm glad to see that the episodes uh, about Limmy that I recorded and uploaded recently were popular. Uh, do check out more of Limmy's videos on YouTube. Uh, you'll get used to the Glasgow accent after a while. And I kind of think, well, 
if you can understand these different accents of English, if you can get to the point where you can understand these different accents and dialects, then your your English listening will become a kind of superpower. Imagine being in that position. Imagine being able to understand all the different versions of English. It would be amazing. And it is possible. It's just a question of exposure and practice and maybe a little bit of support as well. Uh, So I will continue doing episodes like that uh, from time to time. How is your English coming along in general? How's it going? Um, If you set a New Year's resolution in January, are you keeping it up? Um, And I hope so. Um, Sometimes we all need a little bit of support with our language learning. So I hope to do something motivational about language learning on the podcast again soon. Okay, right, it's time now to end the episode, or it will never end, will it? It'll just keep going on forever. Um, Nice one to you for listening all the way to the end. Have a biscuit or three or something, and next time you go to a hotel, just make sure that you check inside the kettle before you make a cup of tea. What a weird thought. Uh, Yeah. Perhaps it's best not to leave you with the idea of a, 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 a dodgy kettle uh, at the end of the episode. Maybe I shouldn't leave you with that thought. Instead, maybe you can just imagine something much nicer. Imagine being in the safety of your own home, uh, not in some dodgy hotel, but you're in your own home where you know the kettle is completely clean and safe and you can maybe like, I don't know, you can gaslight your housemate into buying some cake or biscuits or something, or just cook a delicious Gordon Ramsay recipe and then settle down to watch uh, Quentin Tarantino's Reservoir Dogs on TV. And then you can just go to sleep in your own bed and just dream the night away. Um, So you can just think about that instead. All right. Thanks for listening. Speak to you soon. But for now, goodbye. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.